Welcome to Cube and Chaos. Spend some time with us, enjoying old cars and new, whether they are weak or powerful. Welcome everybody to another episode of Cube and Chaos. This time, really a lot of Chaos Draft, since Chaos Draft is available right now. I am Jacob and with me is my co-host. Yeah, I'm Max. And I'm uh, Josper, the spy on MTGO. Welcome. Just, yes, well, thanks for having me. I'm quite excited by this because I've been really loving the Discord. And since Chaos is one of my favorite formats to play, I'm really excited about uh, this kind of stuff, you know? So are we. Awesome. It's so great to have Chaos available for two weeks. Yeah, and uh, it's like a very niche group of people that play it. And having a community that shares the love is really uh, great. It is great. We all love it so much. But I think it would be interesting to... Or explain people why we do love it so much. Maybe you want to have a first goal there, Jasper. Yeah, well, what I like about Chaos is um, it's like a competition of trying to make something work with cars that are not very good or cars that don't have the obvious synergies together. And yep. it's not easy for everyone to make a competitive deck with some shit like Kamigawa. Oh, sorry. I'm not sure if I can curse on here. Oh, I think you can. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, that's great. Using... Um, Finding synergies with uh, old cards together with new cards and try to make them work, or just scavenging through playables and let make make something work, make something work out. That's just amazing. Yeah, like to put a little bit different spin on that, the way I would phrase it is: um, the nice thing is that you constantly have to reevaluate. Um, if there are any synergies and it's not like with a normal draft format where after some time you know which cards synergize with each other and then immediately see the the, the connections the nice synergies between a few cards but in chaos draft you will always be surprised by them or very often be surprised by them and sometimes you even just find them later during deck building or maybe just during your games and you miss them before and like there's so much room for improvement but still the surprise and the It may, just makes me happy when I find some synergy that I did for. Yeah, it's kind of like um, drafting a new format every single time you do a draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a big part of the reason I love it too. I'll try to avoid a really long-winded answer here, but main thing I'll say is I was really kind of on the fence about creating content for a long time, and I noticed there was a dearth of chaos draft content, and that's really what prompted me to start making it. And yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with what you guys said. I really enjoy doing something different every single time. I think that is an amazing way to keep magic fresh. And I really like the challenge. I know um, in terms of why this is a niche format that appeals to a small group of people, I think there are a lot of people who really, really like synergy. And they think of Chaos Draft as just the complete antithesis of synergy. You just play it and you expect nothing to work well together. Um, like you have really insular formats, again, like Kamigawa, where it just doesn't really play nicely with other sets. But just because some of the sets are like that doesn't mean that you will get literal zero synergy. There are always going to be cute interactions. There will always be cards that work nicely together. Yeah, but I do think that the problem with Kamigawa is not that you can't find synergy with it, because you can. Like, and if you do, it's great. The problem is that the power level contrast is who start between it and other formats, and that it only works. That's true. I guess I was mainly referring to like the spirit kind of synergies in Arcane. Yeah, but you can get spirits from other sets. Yeah, right. You get to make it work. That makes it extra awesome. Yes, exactly. So like it has some some spot there, but I think it's the really the contrast to other sets that make it so problematic. Yeah. So uh, do you guys prefer uh, only new sets or all sets or with 
corsets or with monsters? I'm curious. Wanna go first, Jacob? Yeah. So uh, I think I do like all sets. Um, it makes it a little more, bit more swingy, and you sometimes have to complain about opening the bed packs, and that's okay. I do like all sets the best, I think. But I like that they sometimes switch it up with their themes. The themes are not my favorite. A uh, kind of theme that I would would like is the super low power level chaos draft. I would like that once, like only old sets. Block, only old sets, mass block, Kamigawa. I don't know, cold snap, all the sets that you don't really like that much just making it extra slow extra hard and uh i would like that once that's what i'm gonna get only 15 playables <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then you play like some one ones that return to your head at end of turn and <laughs> so just complete pleb magic just like the worst like <laughs> like and that kind of magic you, you can you can really shine with your uh skills trying sure. to play it for two for ones and smell tricks and you know Trying to get the advantage of the cards you have instead of yeah. just lending uh, Scarab Gold. Yeah. <laughs> that makes for a slightly less interesting game. Yeah, the Scarab God. I, yeah, pretty strongly agree with your answer, uh, Jacob. There's a misconception that the current Chaos Draft format includes all the sets in Magic, which is wrong on a few levels, but uh, in terms of the regular sets, um, a few of the oldest blocks are excluded. So you have like Masks uh, block, Urza block, Tempest block, and Mirage block. All of those are excluded. And I'm not going to say that, you know, all those sets have tons of playables. Um, like, sure. The Mirage block's block. pretty good. Urza block is busted, but <laughs> um, I do like those sets. And I would like uh, if they included them in the future. So yeah, I'm a big fan of old sets too. I used to. Yeah, you really, you really miss some. Uh, when, when... I do love the the current format. I like it quite a bit. But I do notice that you miss some kind of cards in the environment. Like you, you can't get access to Lightning Bolt. You can't get access to a Lightning Strike, or for example, you know, those are some cards that also kind of make chaos for me. I feel even though, even they're not that special or not that. But yeah. I, do, I do like having access to those in in this format. But currently, they're just none. Yeah, I think that has to do with the exclusion of core sets in particular. Yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, only new only new sets, more playables for everyone, more higher power level. I just enjoy it more. I don't like uh, me opening a pack of Kamigawa and then play against Spiraling, who, for example, uh, opened uh, Teros with uh, some busted uh, rare. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's understandable. It's more. Yeah, it can be more fair for sure. Like this, there's some frustration there sometimes, but I'm I'm happy with it anyway. You know, still gem, I would still gem all 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 only old sets uh, too. So, <laughs> right. So about your draft style, uh, Jasper, um, you are not the big attacker, is that correct? Um, yeah, my preferred uh, playstyle is either combo or playing long grindy games. And how how far do you push that that uh, preference? I push that preference pretty far, but not really in chaos. Ah, okay, in chaos you. Just go for the for the grindier games if also the the respective cards are coming. Yeah, I mean, I would love to do it, but usually you don't just get the cards to grind people out. So I often also end up attacking, which I don't prefer. But you can't really have uh, high standards when you do chaos. Yeah, a couple things about that. Um, first of all, the blue black old axe. I've had two very very nice ones, and each one, even though. The card quality was much higher than uh, I would say a lot of my other decks on average. They had a really hard time closing out the game, um, and aggro doesn't have that problem whatsoever. Um, and the other thing is, 
uh, just today, uh, I did a draft with Jasper and we just dove right into green white, uh, which kind of a don't want to call it like the boogeyman exactly, but <laughs> there is more talk about it than uh, I initially knew in chaos. I just thought it was another color combination at first, but then I realized that so many people avoid it. Uh, like most notably, I'll say Monsieur Verdu, uh, aka Nate the Snake on Twitch, very successful um, magic player and streamer. Um, he, <laughs> Very enjoyable. So we'll link him. Yeah, pretty much avoids green-white like the plague. Like, he'll play the colors, but he will not play a linear green-white aggro deck to save his life. So it's interesting uh, to me that Jasper pretty much had no aversion to doing that earlier today. Yeah, I actually dropped green-white quite a bit. And it usually either trophies or goes to one. So I think that uh, color combination is quite powerful. What, what are the key card types that you look in when drafting that? What is the priority? Um, the first thing you want is having a good creature base, nice curve, and a lot of creatures. I like uh, playing either 17 or 18 creatures in that kind of deck, just to overwhelm uh, the opponent, who usually is not prepared to deal with such a menace. Yeah, so I have drafted a bit of green-white, and um, I think the way the cards that it takes advantage of better than most other decks are uh, mediocre equipments or combat tricks because you already have such a strong creature base and so i was wondering what do you prefer there do you prefer to have a little bit more tricks or like medium equipments like i don't know riot gear two mana two uh, plus one plus two equipment equipped for two not a great card but i like it in green white well you need to mix some both when i when i open a pack and i can choose between either one of them you usually start with the equipment yeah because the equipment is always going to make a deck it's always going to improve the creatures so i think it's always going to be great i even like really clunky uh, equipments like um heroes lake for example that one we saw yesterday two mana for plus three plus two and with four mana equip and you get free equip when you play legendary i think that card's ridiculously good in chaos like you also need tricks uh, to to be able to keep attacking and to keep the pressure up so i think they're both quite important yeah i agree with that pretty strongly i play a lot of green white myself and i actually um not only do i not try to avoid it sometimes i even bias toward it i've noticed um just because it feels like it's always open i can uh usually get a very nice consistent deck um and yeah i think the equipment uh, tend to be really early picks. They're strong cards that can help any creature and go into any deck. The tricks, kind of hard to um, make sure you only get and play good tricks. In general, I would say they're such late picks that you don't really have to prioritize them. No, you, you just want uh, the cheap ones yeah. to swing tempo towards your uh, advantage. Um, yeah, also, why I dropped me white that often? Because I really think white super underdrafted in, uh, in Chaos. I remember um, like way back, that the preferred archetype of people to draft was um, white blue flyers. Mm -hmm. So I remember white not being super open, especially not flyers. But lately, when you draft on MTGO, we almost always can safely draft uh, white cards, but pe because people just don't tend to pick them up because there is a bias that all white cards are not good. But I definitely don't yeah. agree with that. There has been a lot of talk about white not being good, and uh, I think that's not necessarily chaos draft. Yeah. The clerics, for example, which can dominate the game on their own. Right. We talked about that a little bit before. Any of the healer effects, things that give minus two, minus zero, or prevent damage, that kind of stuff, really powerful. Yeah. If it's just one damage, then they're already playable. But if it's two damage, they can really control the board and make the game really awkward for your opponent. Especially when there's uh, low-powered uh, attacks. Even the one mana, even the one damage uh, prevention can totally dominate. So in contrast to green-white, 
another kind of deck that I've run into actually very frequently this chaos season, I even tried it once myself, is the kind of really undisciplined, in my opinion, messy multicolor deck, which is just super greedy, plays all the most powerful cards it can, and plays as much fixing as it gets, but usually it mostly has a bunch of basics and ends up with some kind of like 666 Satan mana base. And I don't know. Somehow it seems like those decks still are performing pretty strongly, uh, at least from what I've seen, as they compensate for the lack of consistency by the raw power level of the rares, mythics, and that kind of thing. Um, so I guess my question is to Jasper, is that something that you draft very often or is that something that you've run into very often? It's the hope I can make it work uh, deck, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I actually love that, uh, love that uh, archetype quite a bit. That kind of refers back to being that grindy late game kind of player because you, yeah. uh, or if you if you do that, you're hoping for that all your cards are uh, higher in power level than your opponents. So that makes you able to win the late game. Yeah. So I, I never find myself in that archetype because I, while I do like playing a controlling strategy, um, I always want to draft what's open. And um, even if I take a strong rare first, I, I think I'm maybe maybe a little bit more willing to give it up in chaos draft than I should be. And in general, I think my evaluation there is pretty decent. But in Chaos Draft, I'm very often giving up my my first picks if colors don't don't seem to be open. I, I think that's very smart to do. In Chaos Draft, you should shouldn't really be committed to your first pick because yeah, but that, that's what, what I feel like that come about from, right? Yeah, unless you're, you you grab an invisible mythic, then it's I think it's correct to force. But in general, okay. you have to look at the signals because. If you don't do that, pack three is going to be a complete disaster for you. And then you miss a pack and you miss playables and end up... Yeah, but I've, I've lost two decks that were obviously missing playables, but they just had like two rares, the second one that I couldn't beat. And yeah, that was that. Yeah, that's chaos too. <laughs> that's okay. I guess the question, like, if those decks are able to beat you, you know, are they good? Because just because they beat you doesn't mean they're able to you know, perform that way consistent. Like, for instance, the one time that I drafted this archetype, it was pretty much exactly what you were describing as the reason not to do it, Jacob. I got a first pick, Chandra, from, uh, from War of the Spark, to red being totally cut. Ended up blue-red anyway. Then I picked up uh, an Uro in pack two, and then suddenly I was blue-red splash green. My deck was easily the worst in terms of average power level amongst like 20 something of my cards. I had a Chandra and I had an Uro and that was enough for me to go 2-1 and even win a game in the finals versus an actual <laughs> an actual aggressive like consistent deck. So yeah. I don't know, it feels like it feels like it's not just like a meme. It feels like you can really do well even though the decks seem inconsistent and not super powerful. Yeah, I think uh, the dark deck is definitely strong. You don't even need to build around uh, some cards. I like Sometimes when you're not really sure what you're doing and you just grab the most powerful card out of every pack and hope to get like one or two guild gates and maybe one uh, primal growth, for example. And I think it right. can already be great. You don't need synergy because most often you're playing against a pile anyways, you know? <laughs> yes. Makes sense. So there's one last um, observation that I want to go over. Um, I made that observation from playing myself, like some of my drafts, but also um, on the stream of, uh, of Nate, Nate the Snake, Monsieur Verdu. Um, it seems like it's relatively easy if you are trying to read signals to be somewhere 
in three colors. Like you identified the three most open colors and are picking cards, colors left and right, but don't have any cards that really pull you into one of the directions. And you just keep drafting cards of these colors. And then in the end, you are left with a three color sealed deck and need to figure out what's actually going on with your deck. Have you experienced something like that? Um, not really, because I am a little bit more strict when it goes to trying to draft three color decks. Mostly, I want to try to work out the curve and have a game plan during the draft. Yeah. Because that's probably going to give you an advantage. And yeah, I don't really have that with three color decks. Usually, when I do that, you have some early great multicolored cards, for example. And yeah, that's so easy to make work together, kind of, you know? So what I meant was, it was never intended to be a three color deck. You were intending to draft something nice two color, but somehow three colors were open and you were always swapping around. Now, maybe I'm black white, or maybe I'm red white, or, or I'm, am I maybe red black? Or And then you do that all over again. Every other pick, you are pulled in another direction and you just never find the moment to finally do the decision, make the decision which is your color and which is not. No, I actually am pretty okay passing uh, strong cards, even if they're yeah. close. It's a, it's a skill to say no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult, but you have to see the goal of, uh, of your draft in mind. And try to, have a, try to have a game plan, like, early on, even though that's not that easy in a Chaos draft. But if you can make an idea, like, in the first pack of what your deck wants to be doing, and try to grab cards that help achieve that goal, I think that can help you quite a bit uh, yeah. as a drafter. I think I have... Yeah. I was going to say, I think I have some experience with what you're talking about, uh, Jacob, in terms of um, three colors being open and not being sure which color pair to be in. And the way I handle things is I like to try to identify the signals as well as I possibly can. So regardless of the picks I've made, I say to myself, okay, these are the colors I should be in. From there, I'm just kind of there. It doesn't really matter yeah. what happens in the pack. And it's like, you know, maybe there's a card that makes me feel bad about the decision I made. I'm committed, and that means that I'm not going to end up with a sealed deck that's three colors and a wonky. It might not mean that I end up with the best possible deck, uh, because, you know, maybe I misread the signals, or maybe someone switches along the way or something, but um, it does, I think, make my decks a little more straightforward. Yeah, so the shortcut is you already know, you identified these are three colors, just make a decision and go for it, and that will benefit you more than trying to stay open forever. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. It's not yeah. always true, but I think it's usually it's usually true. Yeah. Don't worry about um, passing a little bit stronger cards for cards that make your deck, that fill your curve, that help you be down, for example. Don't worry about too much. So should we uh, go over some of your draft logs, Jasper? Uh, yeah, that's fine. I These are two... I did yesterday mm -hmm. in preparation of this uh, podcast. So you uh, really tried to uh, show us how to do it properly and not just uh, get led astray? <laughs> um, yeah, well, maybe. But there is one really interesting one where I made some controversial picks. And it oh, might great, be good. Great. But I think that deck in the end was quite good. I lost the finals in that one. But uh, that was, I think, because I didn't draw... Uh, I draw, draw green in the, in the third game, but opponent's deck was also quite good. Okay, so uh, I have the one open where you uh, open with Darksteel. Um, yeah, but that one is kind of obvious. 
I don't mind going over that. So maybe then we go over that relatively quickly. Um, I think I will read out cards that are in contention for picks, like maybe three cards that I think are best. And if then I'm missing something obvious, maybe you can tell me which one I'm missing. And then you tell us why you picked what you picked. Okay. So uh, this first pack, it's Darksteel pack. Uh, so you have a, well, the rare is a little bit interesting. It's a clunky pick. Uh, clunky trick it's um turn the tables three white white for an instant or combat damage that be dealt to you this turn instead to target attacking creature instead um yeah but i don't really see that as one of the possible picks i mentioned the rare the three possible picks i see in this pack are um Woolshock morningstar an equipment for two colorless and equip for two and it gives equip creature plus two plus two um then there is echo in decay it's for one and a black and instant that gives target creature and all creatures same name as that creature minus two minus two so basically just two mana minus two minus two unless they have some tokens lying around and then the last one is thunderstaff a very interesting card that i remember as being quite strong um it's a three mana artifact uh that if it's untapped and a creature would deal combat damage to you prevent one of that damage and for two colorless and tap you can uh give attacking creatures plus one plus zero until end of turn. Yeah, this takes not close, right? I don't think it's close, but Thunderstaff is also very good. I would be very happy to first pick a Thunderstaff if the Morningstar were here. Yeah, it's colorless. I'm always going to make your deck. But I think Morningstar is like one of the best cards you can ever open in, uh, in a Chaos Draft. Yeah. I'll say for me, honorable mech is the, the Drooling Ogre. Um, it's an extremely risky card as a two mana three three that your opponent can potentially gain control of if they have an artifact then if you have an artifact you can regain control of your ogre um pretty much the idea of just putting on as much pressure as possible and forcing your opponent to have uh that artifact to swing the ogre to their side yep. i think like is the card really amazing really not i think it's just too high variance but uh i do think it can really put in a lot of work format where yeah, that's can be really sick. i noticed um can it big streaming and he was playing uh red deck and i think he brought it in from the sideboard when he didn't see artifacts and that might be a good strategy but i wouldn't mind uh maining this I would, I would do it the other way around if if at, at least if i have like two or three artifacts in my own deck that can that i can maybe slow roll if i draw the ogre right. but it's certainly Drooling Orgo was terrible in its own format and that's why people don't respect it and it wheels all the time and i don't think it should no yeah but if you do chaos more, you, should, you, you, you probably don't see it uh, that often. Okay. Pack two is um, from uh, Shards of Alara, I believe. Yeah. Um, Conflux. Well, yeah. Conflux, um, yeah. So there's two five color cards here. There's Child of Alara itself. So for Wooburg, you get a 6 6 legendary trample creature. When it's put into a graveyard from play, destroy all non land permanents. They can't be regenerated. Um, then there's, well, Fusion Elemental for Wooburg for an 8-8 uh, without any text. Ruptured Spire, a land that enters the battlefield tapped and you need to pay one colorless and, and otherwise it gets sacrificed. Uh, and, well, there's Ember Weaver as a 2-3 reach for 2 in the green and it gets plus 1, plus 0 and first strike if you control red permanent. Um, I think it's this pick is already a little bit interesting. Um, like actually, I think the Rapture Spire and the Ember Weaver are the cards of tension for me uh, because I like picking up solid creatures after picking the Morning Star. Yeah, you really want to dry draft a creature deck when you have Morning Star. Yeah, I totally agree. So was it a very? You you took the Rapture Spire here. Was it a very clear pick for you? Yeah, this pick wasn't close. Okay, keep you open. You have two picks that keep you open, and you can play all the colors in the world. Look at signals, see what people yep. pass you, and just grab the strongest card. This deck's not really close. 
I like that. I like the basic land cyclers too. Uh, I don't think it really makes sense to take either of them over the rupture spire, but think, for instance, if you're me and or if you're Jasper, maybe, and if you just picked up a Morning Star and you think that white is the least drafted color, Gleam is both nice fixing and a nice combat trick, goes well with your first pick, then something you could think about. Yeah, Gleam would be a four and a white instant. Creatures you control get plus one, plus two until end of turn, untap those creatures, and basic land cycling for a colorless and a white. Um, but I only kind of like picking this card up if I'm already white. I wouldn't I... want to start with... Uh... Yeah, next pick, there's um, a white green uh, comes to play tap duel that gains you one life and comes to play. There's a uh, hunt the weak, regardless and a green for a sorcery, put plus one plus one counter on target creature you control, then that creature fights target creature you don't control. Uh, there's a sand blast, two colors and a white instant, five damage to target attacking or blocking creature. And there's a Sultai emissary, a colorless and a black for a 1 1 zombie warrior. And when it dies, you manifest the top card of your library. So in the first two packs, you pick two cards that keep you very open. And here's yep. the first time we have to make a decision. Yep. So yeah, I. I, I'm kind of eyeing up the emissary here, still having in mind this this morning star. But uh, Sandblast is decent removal, so... Yeah, at this stage of the draft, I'm just trying to uh, keep grabbing the strongest cards in the pack. Yeah. So I was kind of hesitating between both Hunt and uh, Blast. Okay. But I think Sandblast is a little bit stronger. Because you don't need a lot of requirement for it to be to be great. So yeah, and it, the, the nice you don't want to go overboard on cards that require you to have a lot of creatures if you don't have any creatures yet. I think so. Set up, set up. Yeah. And I also I also had a mind that I kind of want to try to be in white, if possible with the Morning Star. I'm not yeah. sure if that's correct, but uh, yeah, white's usually open, and white usually has kudus that. Uh, carry equipment, evasive threats or small uh, dorks. Yeah, so then in the next pack, um, it's uh, an Ikoria pack. There's a Divine Arrow that goes like in the same direction as the Sandblast, so that was your pick. That makes sense, I think. Um, in the other colors, notably, I think it's for Forbidden Friendship, one in the red for a 1-1 Dinosaur and a, with haste, and a 1-1 Human Soldier. Um, and there's a blue-black Gainland. I think these are the interesting cards in that pack. Friendships would be really nice here, actually, I think, with the Morningstar. Yeah, but I mean, after taking the, the Sandblast, it's clear you take the Divine Arrow. Yeah. Then pick five. Um, Shadowmoor with a, well, not the, not the strongest uh, pack. You you have a Durgar Hedge Mage for two and a red-white hybrid, a 2-2. When it comes into play and you control two lands the same type for mountains, try target artifact for two planes, you get to destroy an enchantment. Up, you can get both if you if you have mountain, mountain, planes, planes in play. Then uh, is another... Okay, white card in uh, Kithkin Spelldaster. It's for four and a white, so for five mana, a two three flyer. And for one and a white, you can sacrifice, destroy an enchantment, and it has persist. So when it dies, it comes back with a minus one, minus one counter on it. Um, yeah, I don't like that card at all. Best body, but you, you don't like it at all? No, even though okay. uh, persist and uh, also opposite of persist again. When dying, those are when great. Dying, back with minus one, minus one counter. But since uh, five drop slot is so contested, I really don't want two power feature in my five drop slot. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Not strong, but I do think uh, the, the second best card yeah, probably is Mulsify. Mulsify has been huge for me. I think the card's really good. Should okay. be okay. It makes all your threats, all your shitters into little threats, and you never have that top deck in the, in the late game anymore. Yeah, that's um, for three in the green for a sorcery. Target creature gets plus four plus four until end of turn, but it has retrace, so you can play it from the graveyard by discarding a land card cost. Yeah, yeah, most of you kind of have to go around it, meaning drafting uh, evasive threats or small threats or being aggressive. 
it doesn't make sense to give your six mana seven seven that doesn't have trample and other plus four plus four until end of turn. Mm. But if you're, <laughs> if you're if you're playing it on smaller creatures, then it's very nice. I think Monsterify is probably the uh, card of the retrace cycle. It's considered to be the worst. You have like Sen's Enlistment. You have Una's Grace, Flame Jab, Raven's Crime. All those cards, I think most people uh, expect to be pretty good. But it sounds like basically if you can turn your lands into spells, you're always going to get a decent effect. Oh, yes. I like this one over uh, Raven's Crime, actually. Well, Monstrify plays a little bit like an equipment, but only if you are aggressive. And I think that describes the card well. Like, if you, are, if you can be aggressive, it's good, but it will not help you on defense at all. That's the only big problem I have with it. So... But I think the strongest card in the pack, we haven't talked about it, in my opinion. In my opinion, the strongest card is the Noggle Bandit. It's for a colorless and two... Uh, is it hybrid? A 2-2 that can't be blocked by creatures, except by creatures with Defender. I do like that card quite a bit. Yeah, that card's great. Right. But with the Goblin Locksmith, um, I know, card's good. Goes into most decks um, that can either be blue or red, kind of like the Hedge Mage. Hybrid mana is one of my favorite things in terms of uh, letting you stay open. So you took the the Hedge Mage here, just further going into white. To, hanging yeah, out. I just want to try card. To, to stay open. Uh, there's not much else to be said, I think. I mean, I think this card's reasonable. Could be great. Yep. Okay, so going to the next pack, it's uh, Dragons of Takir, I think. Um, and there are... There's one white card only left in the pack. It's for four and a white, 2-3 uh, Flying Bird. So another five uh, mana, 2-3 Flyer. But this yeah. when it, the battlefield bolsters one, so it's kind of like three, three, four, more or less. So bolster is you choose a creature with the least toughness among creatures you control and put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So if it's the only one you play, it's really just a three, four flyer. I really wanted to take uh, Call Sisma Behemoth here because I think that card is yeah. amazing. I think I would have taken that. That card is so strong. It's uh, for two uh, generic and a red, a five, five, and it can't take a block unless you pay two. But that's the price I would pay if I get a five, five for three, and it's just so beefy. I'm surprised you didn't take it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, uh, it, it's it's very cheap, but it's kind of a curve topper, and it's all, always almost the biggest creature on board. Yeah, and I really wanted to take it, but I was also in mind putting white. In hindsight, I would have probably uh, taken Sisma, but I wasn't sure what my colors would have been. So it's kind of easy to talk it in uh, in hindsight. Yeah. Also, I know that Asian tactician didn't make my deck. Oh, okay. <laughs> So the thing about uh, Behemoth is, from my experience with drafting the set back in the day, people underestimated uh, the Behemoth. It's a card that I was sometimes willing to, like, first, second, third pick, but I also sometimes saw it going very late. And if you play Chaos Draft and you remember, back in the day, people under underrated that card. That means that people reading the card for the first time in Chaos Draft might also underrate it. So it might not be a red signal. So, yeah. yeah. That's also a little bit why I took the white card. I think there's a lot of discipline here. Like, first oh, yeah. couple picks, you stay colorless as long as you can. And then, you know, when you're forced to choose a color, you opt for the color that seems the most open. And then you just cling to it until, you know, you find something else to do. Yeah, I'm really trying to get rewards here. There are three white cards here. Um, only one of which I think is good. It's the Marsh Shredder. It's a, a 2-1 for one in a white with Swamp Walk. That's a card I'm willing to main deck and then side out. Um, not, relatively nice, aggressive creature. And there's also a Mysteries of the Deep, which is a signal baby blues open. I don't know. It's for four in a blue, an instant. Draws you two cards. But if you have played a land this turn, it draws you three cards instead. And there's a Kite Sail, which... I don't know how that card ended up here. <laughs> so I mean, it's, I, it's always fun to, to run a deck with Mysteries of the Deep drawing cards. This card's really good. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I was also uh, blown away by the, by Keitzel being here. I mean, Keitzel is a card I would happily first pick. I think this yeah. card's really good. So it's a it's an equipment for two mana again and two two equip, and it gives a equipped creature plus one plus zero and flying. I think it's quite a good card. The power boost really matters. Yeah, and just the evasion the evasion in a derpy format like this is also just great. You, sh you shouldn't uh, let this card go this late. Yeah, I think that might also be a sign of uh, maybe people having not much experience. Or maybe this card was just insane. This pack was just insane. I'm not really sure, but this was a very big surprise. Just underrating this effect, even. So the next pack does not have all too much anymore. Pick eight. There's a Bloodscape Prowler, Tune Red, three one Bloodthirst Bond. Yeah. And in the next pack, it was the opening pack. There's still a Terran Ghost, one one Flyer for one and a white. Sacrifice to regenerate target artifact. I think that makes some sense. Um, the rest of the cards. Are yeah, I, I think most of the next packs don't really offer much anymore. Okay, another pick one. Uh, the rare is increasing devotion for three white white five one one human soldier tokens. If it was cast from the graveyard, ten of those tokens instead, and has flashback for seven white white. Oh, got super stoked when I saw that uh, in the pack. That card is great, especially with the equipment. Maybe even with the monsterfy. Yeah, and it fits uh, like every every white deck. You know, don't really have to do much to make this card good. Just play. <laughs> it's already great. Yes, card. There's a a bone flinger, Farbok bone flinger. Four on a black for a two two when it enters the battlefield tie creature gets minus two minus two. I think that's the second best card in the pack. And then I like, think I uh, if devotion weren't here, what uh, what would you guys take? If devotion weren't here, I think I would just stay with white cards and take the nibblers of mists, uh, colorless and white for a two one flyer when it enters the battlefield tap target creature. I think that's reasonable. I like the rack a good amount. Uh, rack with madness, which is three and a red for a sorcery target creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. Bonflinger um, is okay, but I think rack is a pretty nice removal that I would probably play in my white aggressive deck. I don't think I would want to splash for it um, in that archetype in particular, but general I would like to. Yeah, to solve a lot of problematic stuff. Huh? Dread Mauls. Yeah, so you would have also taken the the rack here if. No, I would have taken the uh, maybe the Bonflinger. But I'm not too ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you're still open for a second color. That's... Yeah, I'm still open for a second color. And we have to rip just fire. So yeah. there's a big show that this card could make the deck. Just because this card is so much better than anything else. I mean, maybe not better than Wild Hunger, but hmm. I think it could have uh, could have got a mention. But yeah. yeah, luckily we didn't have to make the decision and just uh, slam the rare. Yeah. And now you get blessed with a Kamigawa pack. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything worth reading here. Um, hey, you you I, the best card out of the pack. I'm, I just read, I'm just reading that. It's for two in a red. It's a 2-2. Two, two, not so exciting. And for X in a red, and you can sacrifice it, let it deal X damage to target creature. I've never seen this card before in my life. Oh, I have. I started playing with uh, just before Kamigawa, and then with Kamigawa, and I had a pre-constructed... Uh, Deck where this was. There's a arcane mind rot in the pack, which is just a fine playable in terms of pack not being 1000% terrible, just very close. <laughs> it is very close. A lot of understated creatures. And I do like uh, mind rots quite a bit in uh, chaos. Yeah, mind rots are good. Pinecrest Ridge, the red green dual land in the pack. It's funny because normally uh, Bixing is a pretty high priority pick, but these are cards that pick because they're, you know, on color for you, and then they still don't make your deck because that's how bad they are. <laughs> Yay, Kamigawa. Well, it goes with uh, Gully in the next pack. Oh, yeah, that's a nice card. Well, the whole pack is so much stronger compared to the previous one. It's very a lot of respectable cards. There's a Bell of the Brawl, uh, two colorless and a black for a 3-2 
Manus, when it attacks other knights, get plus one plus zero. I mean, it's much better in its original form, but it's still good. Then Gramgali for colorless red and green. It's 3-3 legendary goblin shaman. Um, and each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it, an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Yeah, I got, de I got destroyed by, uh, Grim by this Grimgully later. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, then there's a Maraleaf Pixie for green and blue. It's a 2-2 flyer and a tap for blue or red, uh, for blue or green. Yeah, and then some other decent cards. And the only white card here is Silver Flame Squire. Um, it's for one on the white, a two one, or you can cast it as an adventure instant for two in a white. Target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn, untap it. I really like adventure cards, they're just almost always two for one. Yeah, I don't think this pack's any interesting, uh, honestly. It's not interesting for you, but it's a very strong pack, I think. Yeah, it's All very cards yeah. Are playable. When you look at this pack, you'll see a lot of cards that like possibly don't make your deck. Yeah. And Belt Brawl's uh, Bogart Brute, but I don't think it's worth going into black for Bogart Brute, even though it's good. But And yeah, there's Skewer. We talked about City Equipments are great, but <laughs> don't think yeah. there's anything that indicates like switching or, you know? No, it just... And also, mind. this is the first two drop uh, we see, aside from the two mana one flyer. So I'm super stoked about uh, seeing the flyer. I was just going to say uh, one note about the set design. Wizards does this a fair amount, but it's just something that's pretty nice to appreciate, especially in hindsight, in my opinion. They kind of nod to themes that don't exist yet. So we see um, in this Throne of Eldraine pack, you know, Grumgully has that non-human text. Uh, the turtle has some non-human text on it as well. And why would non-human matter? I mean, it doesn't really in that set, but... Well, you know. it does kind of... Right, but my, my point is like by the time we get to Ikoria, you know, suddenly we have mutate, and suddenly not being a human matters a whole lot more. And yes, it's like a really nicely kind of foreshadowed thing that makes the segue a bit cleaner, and it's subtle. Like you don't necessarily remember. Oh, remember that mechanic from oh, yeah. the older set? But I think it's just a cool thing they do, and they do it in the they do it in the, in the same uh, rotation. So it's quite nice to, to be able to combine them. Sure. Even though it's like, <laughs> it doesn't really matter in the end, but yeah. Okay, next pick. I think that's a pretty close one. That's two white cards. Um, wait, wait very shortly. Where do you feel you are with your colors right now? Just a short recap. What? Where no, do you feel you are with your we're colors? Are you just feeling your white and open with the second color, or yeah, we're still we're still wide open to to we're, we're just white at this point. We're white. We could be white multicolored with uh yep the, with a uh, fire. But in general, we're just still staying white and seeing white, good white cards, and we're not committed to to anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the next, the other, the only playables we have in other colors are Monsterfy and uh, Pain Kami. I guess if you can call it yeah. playable. I would call that playable. It's not super strong, but it's flexible in what it's doing. So sometimes you want the creature, sometimes you want to remove, but it does it both at bad rate. That's okay. Well, yeah, in the next pack, you have um, Emissary of Sunrise, two in white for a 2-1 first strike. When it enters the battlefield, it explores. So you reveal the top card of your library. And if it's a land, you put it into your hand. And otherwise, you put a plus one, plus one counter on the Emissary and put that card either on top or into your graveyard. And also there's a Paladin of the Bloodstained, uh, a 3 and a white, 3-2, and when it enters the battlefield, you create a 1-1 one, one white vampire token with lifelink. In other colors, I feel like there's nothing too great. Um, there's uh, New Horizons. There's New Horizons, yeah, if you want to go many colors, for 2 and a green, and land aura. Multicolored, uh, multicolored uh, powerful pals we already talked about earlier. 
yeah, you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control in an Elder's Battlefield and it taps for two of any color. And you have a two drop in green also in Xali's Keeper, one and a green, two, two. For seven and a green, tap and sack it, target creature gets plus five plus five and trample until end of turn. I think it's a respectable card, but going green for Keeper would be a bit weird. Yeah, it's a nice card. I think Dual Shot's way better than the Keeper. Dual Shot is one of those cards that like wasn't amazing in the original format. Like, sure, you had some X1s, you had Enrage. There's a bit of synergy there, but Chaos, Dual Shot's the kind of card that can just end a game. It's actually... It's actually insane. cool. Yeah. It, um, it, it performs much better than it looks, especially in this um, format full of uh, small derpy creatures. It's yeah. true. It, I think Dual Shot is a respectable pick here. Getting yeah. two for one uh, feels so devastating for only one mana. Oh, Absolutely. To mention instant speed. So, Jasper, you took the emissary here. I think I would have taken the paladin. Yeah, I talked really long about it, and I'm still not sure which card's better, which card's more upside. I just took the cheaper card in the end, but I think this well, card was really it's, close. It's true. You will have a lot of often. You will have a lot of four drops, and three drops are a little, a little bit more premium. They're both very good. They both can be two for ones. Uh, I just really like the two bodies of the paladin and the lifelink yeah. body. Well, like with the equipment, also if you yeah. are end up ending up green, the monsterfy and the token are coping so nicely. I don't know, but they all work well with the emissary as well. So I agree that it's a very close. Next pick, yeah, this is Conflux, I think the pack with all gold cards, the pack where there's never anything for anybody, as I like to say, because somehow never fits into your deck. But you have one card really interesting to me here right now. And it's a Xali Pride Mage. It's for green and white, a 2-2 Exalted. And for uh, generic and sacrifice it, you may destroy target artifact or enchantment. Um, then there's Talent Trooper for one white blue, a 2-3 Flyer. And there's either Cast Knight for white and blue, a 1-3 Artifact creature. It's Exalted. You picked the, the Knight here, and I'm very surprised by that. Why did you take the knight? So I think we can all agree that Quasale Pride Mage is probably the strongest card here. Yes. Um, yeah, I basically took the knight because I remembered not seeing that much green in the first pack. So I was not expecting to be really uh, combining uh, my deck with green, even though I have a great card and Monstrify. Yeah. I took the knight mostly because um, it's a two drop, even though Quasale Pride Mage is also a two drop. But I uh, picked up uh, Court Homunculus earlier. So oh, yeah. that is maybe scenario. there's a chance that we have a slight artifact team. And I also yeah. had uh, the Jessica Runemark. And I would be pretty happy to have both oh. the, the Homunculus and Runemark all in my uh, aggressive deck. I kind of forgot about the Runemark. I was I was thinking about the Monstrify and wanting to be aggressive. And I think I would have taken the Pride Mage here. Pride Mage. But yeah, the way you lay it out makes sense. The annoying thing about the Monstrify is even though you got it 13, not much of a signal for green. I would say it's more a signal that people are undervaluing a card. Yeah, yeah, true. That is really one of the hard things about Chaos Draft. You you have a card evaluation, and but you know other people are underestimating the card. And you are happy to take it, but you cannot see that as a as a signal that the, the color is open. And that can really also be a trap. Like if you if you don't see this, the second step of this card is only here because people are valuing it differently, then you can trap yourself hard. They always have to be on, keep yourself on your toes, right? Eh? Yeah. Next pack, future side, there's not much here. There's a 3-3 flyer for 3 white-white. It's an enchantment creature, so uh, it goes into the theme of uh, an aggressive deck that folds to a lot of naturalize effect. <laughs> Next 
on that's an interesting pick it's dominaria there's a jousting lance another equipment for two colorless gives equipped creature plus two and plus zero and as long as it's your turn has first strike equipped for three five nice. mana first use i think that's a very strong card and i'm very surprised it's here but you have this type of effect already covered and at you don't want to get equipment flooded so exactly then next to it you have a knight of benalia it's a one and a white three one pick eight there's the skyhunter skirmisher for white uh for one and white and white white for three mana it's a one one fly with double strike great with your equipment i'm already feeling <laughs> a little bit sad not taking the jousting lands but yeah whatever mm. so sick to see this card is late in the pack with no playables yeah Fantastic for you. Basically get to like take the Jite out of the Kamigawa pack and just ship it. Like that's kind of the feeling here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um next pack you get a, a two one in red torch fiend. You can sacrifice to destroy a target artifact. Just go very quickly over them unless I see something very interesting. Then you get another card in red uh from the terrible Kamigawa pack, Champions of Kamigawa, Unearth Unearthly Blizzard for our two colorless and a red. It's up to three target creatures can't block this turn. It's a card that's playable in a pinch, I guess, if you're very aggressive. Yeah. Then from the um Throne of Eldraine pack, you do wheel, I think it was the only red card there. Bloodhaze Wolverine. It's for colorless and red, a 2-1. And when you draw your second card each turn, it gets plus one, plus one at first strike. So it's just a 2-1, but might be playable. Then in pick 12, that's interesting again. You see a Thresh of Raptors. It's a three and a red, 3-3. Three, three. As long as you control another dinosaur, it gets plus two, plus zero and has trampled. So pretty much just a hill giant. But there's also the Exalix Keeper, the green two drop, one in the green, two, two that you could sacrifice for plus five, plus five, and trample for eight mana. Yeah, that card's great. Been open? <laughs> like, I think I would have taken the, the Pride Mage earlier and would have taken the Keeper here and really tried to be green now. I think. Could be wrong. Yeah, could be. We've seen some green, we've seen some green cards. Uh... So later, this pack, you don't pick anything up worth noting. Then pick three, pick one. Oh, that's an interesting pick again. So you have Hour of Devastation. All creatures lose indestructible end of, end of turn. Hour of Devastation deals five damage to creature and each non-bolas planeswalker. Um, you have in white a sandblast. You have one of those already. Two in white, five damage to target attacking or blocking creature. But you also have an open fire for three in the red, three damage to target to any target. So what is your thinking here? You took the Hour of Devastation, but it's not an obvious pick, I think. Yeah, I'm super stoked uh, to see uh, Hour of Devastation because um, I tried so much to, to keep myself open and to get rewarded. And now I finally see the I can uh, pick the fruits of uh, staying open the entire time because uh, yeah, this card is just ridiculous. Even though you're playing a creature deck, mm -hmm. this card can completely swing a game just by playing one card out. Uh, pick two now of pack three is a little bit uh, disappointing in that there are no, no real white cards here. And there's two red cards that both are, I think. Everflame Eidolon or Eidolon for our, uh, one in the red is a 1-1 one, one, uh, with Bestow for two in the red. So you can also play it as a plus one, plus one enchantment on a creature. And for red mana, fire breathing either on the creature or on the enchanted creature. And there's a Kragma Butcher uh, for two in the red, two, three, inspired. When it untaps, it gets plus two, plus zero until end of turn. Right, both cards uh, decent. I actually... I think I prefer Butcher over Eidolon and Pinch because I think that card's quite strong. Uh, yep. Three power, uh, four power for three mana. Yeah. But I took Eidolon just for to work out the curve and hop on uh, some of the flyers we uh, took earlier. Yeah, put it on the double striker. Yeah, exactly. 
There might be a chance that we play the two mana one flyer. I'm not yeah. sure. Okay, so pick three rolls around, and well, suddenly white's open again. Um, there's a rare for three white white, three three flyer. When you play an enchantment spell, put plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. That's very nice. You picked up this other three three flyer for three white white early that it was an enchantment that triggers it. You just picked up the Eidolon. Um, yeah, do you have some things to trigger it? I think it's great. Yeah, and it definitely fits the team. There's an Azorius Chancery next to it. Bounce stands are obviously amazing in uh, in Chaos Draft. Oh, yeah. Um, not yeah. looking nice here, too. Equinaut also looking nice. It's uh, for two and a white, two flyer, as long as it's enchanted, it has tapped the two damage to target attacking or blocking. The next pick, there's a disfigure in black, a little bit surprising. There's a blazing torch, which you take for uh, colorless and equipment, equip for one. Equipped creature can't be blocked by vampires or zombies, but the important part, you can tap the creature, sacrifice the torch, and deal two damage to any target. You have a combo with the uh, Kragma Butcher. You get it tapped without attacking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we didn't take the, the Butcher, so. Yeah, next next pick's quite interesting. Oh yeah, it is very interesting in my opinion. Um, you have a Boros Charm here um, for red, white, instant, four damage to target player. Permits you control an indestructible until end of turn or target creature against double strike until end of turn. So one of those three modes. Then there's for three and a white, Knight of the Obligation, uh, Knight of Obligation. It's a two four vigilance and has extort. So whenever you cast a spell, you may pay also of hybrid. If you do, each opponent loses one life and you gain that much life. And there's also in white the Syndic of Ties for one and a white, a 2-2 with x -thought. I think I would have taken the Syndic here. I think in general, um, Syndic uh, might have ended up, uh, might have been a bigger pick and a higher pick. But this is the first, uh, our first four drop. So yeah, that's why it was a note uh, towards, uh, towards the knight. I mean, it's sad. It's really sad to pass uh, Boros Charm because I think that card is really good. Oh, if you're very lucky, it might be. It's unlikely because not many cards left in the pack, but if people are not hate-picking at all, it's possible that nobody is red-white. I don't know. Yeah, usually Gatecrash sucks for people, so people end up uh, hating. Yeah, that's... But I, yeah. I, I do agree that Syndic is better, I think. Yeah, I think I think I would have just drafted it very slightly different than you and would have taken the this uh, three three in a wide three two that puts a one one life linker into play earlier and here then I would have taken the syndic but it doesn't matter too much both are very close picks with great cards. One thing about the knight is it has amazing art. I remember back uh, when Gate Crash was about to come out, I saw the art for this card and I was like, man, this card better be amazing because this art is, I think it's a pretty nice card. I don't know if it lives up to the art or not, but strong. No, this card uh, was really annoying in uh, Gate Crash, I remember. Yeah. Very so I, I, w I wanted to say it uh, plays better than it looks, but now that you like the artwork so much, maybe it just plays as good as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Next pack, there's a, a disenchant effect decommission for two and a white instant destroy target art for enchantment. Permanent, you control left the battlefield this turn, you gain three life. Um, yeah, the best card here is probably the uh, six mana fourth flyer, but since we yeah. picked uh, the hour of devastation, I think it it's a blue card. It's not a blue card, so it's not really in outreach anymore. Yeah, and it's nice to have the access to uh, the disenchants because there are so many stupid artifacts and enchantments in the format. Yeah, and if they are like the ones we have, then you really want to deal with them. Where are you? Where are you on main decking those kind of effects, Jasper? Um, I'm not opposed to uh, to main decking uh, disenchants. That's uh, we had this conversation um, yesterday. Plummet. 
with plummet huh exactly it's exactly the same uh, it's exactly the same situation where main deck and plummet and main deck and decommission is right when you think you have such powerful cards that can win a game on their own and you don't mind drawing a blank and I don't mind boarding the commissions or plummets if you want to fill a hole because if you feel you might be weak against some kind of effects like uh, equipments or like flyers. If you have uh, something in your deck like Cloudgood Ranger or Trostani Summoner or like Gideon, those cards are so strong that people usually need multiple cards in order to beat them. I don't mind main decking stuff like plummet or disenchant or in uh, Jacob's case, uh, slave. Yeah. Cards that can be dead rolls. Yeah. So um, the thing is, the I really put a big emphasis on whether these are instants with the disenchant effects because that opens up the opponent to getting two for one with their equipment. Um, so instant speed ones, I sometimes would main deck. Sorcery speed ones, I would never main deck. Yeah, that's a great point. I really like that you said that because you're gonna have to make use out of your cards and outplay the opponent. Yeah. So there's an upside instant speed ones and the sorcery speed ones they're just something that deals maybe with the card so i think that's not enough yeah because i really feel like the idea behind chaos is trying to outplay the opponent in either drafting or playing trying to use your knowledge to to make better plays than your opponent you know yep try to outsmart them it's all about drafting chaos it's all about trying to outsmart the opponent i feel like so i think that's a great point you said that uh, about uh, things being instant speed yeah okay then Let's quickly finish out the, the draft. In the next pick, you have a five mana, three, four lifelinker, also decent with your equipment. Um, then there's another interesting choice, I think, in pick eight. You have a, a Dega Disciple for one white, it's a one, one. And for red and tap, it gives target creature plus two plus zero until end of turn. And less importantly, for black and tap, it gives target creature minus zero, minus two until end of turn. Um, you might even activate that. I don't know if you are planning to play the Ruptured Spire you picked pack two. Currently, no. Okay, not even for the Disciple. No. Um, but there's another red-white um, gold card here. It's Squeeze Embrace. It gives Enchanted Creature plus two plus two. And when the Enchanted Creature is put into a graveyard, return that creature to its owner's hand. It's not yeah, great. I do, like this, I do like this card, but I don't think we're aggressive enough to uh, to make use of Auras. Yeah, I, I think it's not an amazing card. The Disciple is much better, in my opinion. Agreed. But you did pick up this rare that wants you to play Enchantment. So that's yeah. why I thought it was maybe interesting to talk about here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think uh, they got disciples so much better. Yeah, yeah. That's probably just better to, to play it. I mean, you're always happy to have this in your deck. This always makes combat nightmare. You're always going to trade up or at least kill the opponent with it. Yeah. It's disciple guys, by the way, yeah, from Apocalypse. They're all super amazing. Yes. You have mana to make it work. Yeah. Like you want to include disciples if you have the mana for it, but you don't want to include the mana because you have disciple. Exactly. Pick nine, you get a Ruminap runes. It's nice. I think you have quite a lot playable, so you get something out of your lands. It's the land, the desert that taps for colorless or for red if you pay one life. And for two uh, generic red, red, tap it, sacrifice the desert so it can sacrifice itself. It deals two damage. It's just nice to have an effect of your lands. Yeah, and that was more or less the pick. Ah, in pick 12, you pick up uh, Zendika Shrine Expedition. Are you planning on playing that? Uh, I'm planning on playing that because it triggers the, uh, the rare. Yeah. 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 So it's for one in the red, an enchantment. Landfall, you put a counter on it and remove three counters and sacrifice it to put a 7-1 red elemental creature token trample and haste onto the battlefield, exile it at the beginning of the step. Not only no. an aggressive card. It looks like that, but you can use it defensively as well. Yeah, I wanted to note something funny because I only blocked with a 7-1. Yeah, <laughs> see? <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
and okay. then that will be so are you happy with this with i'm this uh, i'm quite happy about this um usually when i draft i like to give my deck uh, a number between zero and ten just to uh, try to evaluate uh, how this went and yep. i think it gave my deck uh, 7.5 just because we have a lot of rares we have a sweeper and we have the morning morning star so i think yeah. this deck's quite nice but we're clearly lacking in uh, in answers yes exactly we are we are short on the on the removals somehow there was this one pack where all the removal were in the same pack, sadly. Yeah. The, the oh, pack we, have, uh, we do have two in, in, in speed uh, things, but yeah, I can't really complain. I'm happy because on average, most decks look worse. And now we have uh, three rares or four, three, three rares, I think. So I don't think we can uh, complain. Okay. I'll and post the deck in the Discord, by the way, so you can put it on. Uh, yes, I will post the deck how it looked like. I think I slightly misbuilt it, but I'm not really sure anymore. Oh, yeah, fine. People can uh, come to Discord and tell us what you should have done different if they feel so inclined. Yeah, sure. Okay, the second draft you did, uh, you again start with Darksteel. <laughs> so my, uh, <laughs> my my introduction earlier about um, is it the one with Darksteel didn't uh, help too much. So what cards do you like here? And I will just read those. Yeah, well, I was definitely eyeing Whisper uh, Silk Cloak because it's an artifact and I think it effect is insane because you just need to combine with creatures and it's already a combo you know and yeah. all your all your all your threats all your cards become threats and they all kill your opponent and they can never do anything about it yeah. very obnoxious card yeah so it's for three colorless and equipment equipped creatures unblockable equipped creature has shroud and for two colorless so yeah, it finishes out games. Like it doesn't do anything for you on defense, but if the game is stalled out. It... Sorry, I wanted to note uh, about the last deck. Uh, the last deck two want it two want. I just wanted to say that. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I I think murderous murder spoils because uh, I just wanted to to try something else for for a change and have access to a removal spell. I don't think this card's insane or anything, but I just want to try and draft something not based around creatures this time around. Yep, so it's for five colorless and a black, an instant destroy type non-black creature. It can't be regenerated. You gain control of all equipment that was attached. Yeah. It might or might not come up, but instant six mana removal, I think, is first. Yeah, I think this card's not that great, honestly, and it's quite clunky, but yeah. I'll try, uh, try a little bit more control deck this time around. Notably, we are passing three other black cards that I do like in this pack. There's Dross Golem, well, it's an artifact, five mana, it's a 3-2 with fear, but has affinity for swarms. We are passing Essence Drain, it's a sorcery for four and a black, three damage to any target, and you gain three life. And uh, Grim Claw Bats for uh, one and a black, one one flyer for black and pay one life, I guess, plus one, plus one under the end of turn. Which is serviceable. Yeah. I, that's all cards that I would play in black. And there's not too many playables of other colors. There's only in blue, Echoing Truth. For one in a blue, Return Target Non-Land Permanent to, and all other permanents with the same name as that permanent to their owner's hand. It's yeah, so, not, a, not a reason to uh, not take the spoils, but it's a thing. Let's see if anything I, I, of that comes back. The clear first pick here is with the Cloak, no doubt. I think that's by far the... I think it's even stronger card than spoils. I think it's always... Big. So you should probably take uh, with the Cloak here, but... I wanted to try something different and not uh, be all focused on drafting only creatures, you know? Okay. So next pack comes around. Um, Shadow Throw White in the last one, by the way. Hmm? Throw White cards in the last pack. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's not a single one. I faced uh, each of days before. That was fun. Didn't end well for them. Have an Echoing Ruin for it. Second pack? Yeah, second pack. Oh, with uh, I think there's uh, two cards I'm looking at. 
I mean, there's a couple of great cards, but I'm only really looking at uh, Hag and Bliss. Yeah, Hag is for two and two times uh, Golgari hybrid, a 2-2. Two -two. When it comes to play, return to your hand the creature card in your graveyard with the highest power. If two or more are tied, it's one of them. So it's a, a variant on uh, on Gravedigger. Most of the time, you just want the biggest one anyway. It's a, it's a good two-for-one, and uh, the Bliss is... A pacifism variant for two and a white enchanted creature can't attack or block and at the beginning of your upkeep you may gain one life yeah i like i like those cards i do think uh blitz is um superior again i think it's yes quite quite strong card way stronger than uh Hag is because Hag needs a little bit of setup yeah but uh yeah i like uh, i like trying to spice it up here and go for a little bit more controlling a little bit more value and not go white again you know yep Let's see if that works out. Pick three. Ooh, there's an Is It Boilerworks. There is a Gruel Guild Mage. Is It Boilerworks is a, a land comes into play tapped. When it comes to play, you return a land you control to its owner's hand, but it taps for two mana. It taps for blue and red. A Gruel Guild Mage is a double Gruel hybrid 2-2 two -two for three in the red. Has activated ability. You need to sacrifice a land, let it deal two damage to target player, or for or three in the green, target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn. Um, there's also still a rare here, very high risk card. It's a six mana aura for green green. It enchants only green creatures, but it gives enchanted creature plus six plus six. And for green green green, you can sacrifice this aura, put a six six green worm creature token into play. And there's another card in this pack that combos with it. Which is the Silhana Ledge Walker for mm -hmm. one green. It's a 1 1 uh, hex proof and it can only be blocked by creatures with flying. So if you get those two together, it's pretty mean. Yeah, the Ledge Walker is quite nasty. I really hate facing this card. Yeah, it's. I only, I only get nightmares when people play this against me. Yeah, it's the the, the original. Uh, Invisible Stalker. Invisible Stalker, yeah. Yeah, I think this, this, pack, this pack is quite interesting because you have a lot of lanes. Where you can try and go because, like, I think there's like maybe four or five first pickable cards in here, and then I'm not even mentioning the the plus six plus six. I think the plus six plus six is fine card probably, and then it's all just what what do you want to draft? I mean, do you want to draft train of thought? I can see train of thought being correct. I want to draft boilerworks, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, quite uh, leaning towards it too, but I feel like guildmate is probably the strongest card in this pack. I think it's very. Boiler works, but it's defensible for sure. Because uh, when there's a group Gilmage in play, they can't ever block anymore. Yeah. Do you see it as a as a as a gruel card, or do you see it as a green or as a red card? Um, no, all actually all. Okay. Yeah, I see it mainly as as a green card. It's obviously better if you are in gruel, and if you're only in red, I'm not so hot on it. No, I can understand that, but it's still it's so fine. You will always play it if you're red. Have you read? Okay, so you take the Gruel Guild Mage. So yeah, I, I took the Gruel Guild Mage here because I think it's the strongest card. I faced it a couple of times, and it's always been a nightmare. And I do like uh, the Boiler Works a lot. I think this card's really good. It's a built-in two-for-one. But I just like uh, the cards you picked up earlier. I think Gruel Guild Mage could be great. I love this card. I think this card's really, really good. Yeah. So the three cards you picked right now, you can only play in the same deck if you are like black green, I guess. Yeah, you're really open with the two hybrid cards that work in both colors. And I would love to combine all these cards all in the same deck. Pick four. There's another rare. It's Avalanche Tusker for two green, blue, and red. It's a 6-4. Um, and when it attacks, target creature defending player controls blocks this combative able. Take up arms for four and a white instant. 
three one one white warrior creature tokens. Um, Winter Flame. Winter Flame is also decent. Yeah, for one blue and red, an instant choose one or both tap target creature damage to target creature. And then there's Rugged Highlands comes to play tap. You gain one life and it taps for red or green, which you end up taking after the guild match. I can really understand that. Yeah, I mean, stoked to see a land here. And let's let's uh, start with the multicolor madness. Uh. <laughs> I guess that's where it's going because in the next pack there is a gift of paradise which you take. Um, an aura for a land comes to play you gain three life and the land taps for two mana of any one color. There's also a greater sandworm here notably, which I think is a very good card. Like it's a good finisher, seven mana, seven seven, and can't be blocked by power two or less. But it has cycling, so there's so little downside to putting it in your deck. Makes uh, things like gravedigger better. Makes things like raise that better. I think at this point we have identified green to be open, right? Definitely. Which is not often the case. No, that's true. But uh, seeing a pick five uh, Gift of Paradise really excites me. I mean, there's also the Green Strider in the pack, which I think is decent, but you need to be kind of aggressive for it. Yeah, it's a three and a black, six, six creature, but gets minus one, one, one for each card in your hand. If you are aggressive, this is a nice card. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm uh, grabbing uh, two fixes in a row. I mean, that really can uh, make the draft fun. Fun yeah. and good at the same time. Yeah, that's also, I think, a good way to end up in Multicolor Madness. Like, you just pick, make some responsible picks first, then you get draft, uh, past fixing, and uh, then you think, now I'm going for it. I think that's the way. You should. So, next pack, uh, a weak pack, Apocalypse. Uh, there's a Savage Gorilla, which you take. Four and a green for a 3-3, but it has a activated ability of blue, black, tap, and sacrifice the Gorilla to give Tide Creature a minus three, minus three until end of turn, and you draw a card. If you can activate this, it's a clunky two for one. But it goes well with your grave digger, I guess. So yeah, it's just an easy two for one. Well, not that easy. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean the, the mana, the mana is not easy. But yeah. if you can just activate it and get, then you already get a two for one. I've been off with this uh, gorilla. Oh wow, you get more fixing in the next pack. You uh, get a Dimir Guildgate very late. Very nice after picking up the Savage Gorilla. Oh, yeah. Really happy. There's also, interestingly, a Ruination Worm for four red and green, uh, seven, six vanilla creature. I think it's something this type of deck sometimes wants, but no way over the fix. I like uh, Ruination Worm a lot, but I'm not too worried about getting expensive cards. Next pack, Ikoria. A little bit sad to see this strong pack so late and not getting two cards out of it. But there's still a Lava Serpent. Great card. Mystic Subduals. Probably great, too. Yeah. It's like... I don't have much experience with it outside of Ikoria. Have you played it in Chaos Draft yet? I've played it, yeah. It's decent. It's nothing to write home about. But... One blue. A Flash Aura. Minus two, minus zero. And lose the enchanted creature loses all abilities. I do think it's great because you can uh, uh, you can wreck the pingers and clerics and guild mages. And I think this card's quite good. Yeah. Kind of surprised it's still there, but I mean, this pack has a lot of good cards. Yeah, the Lava Serpent I talked about for five and a red, five, five, haste, cycling for two colorless. Very good card. And uh, you take it here. I, I like the pick. Yeah, so pick nine. Echoing Rune is still here. Sideboard card. Sadly, it's a sorcery. Was it any close for you between the Echoing Ruin and the Echoing Truth? At that point, uh, it was not. But I get some regrets uh, later on. I think it. I think I might have taken the Echoing Truth here because, as we noticed at the beginning, this was one of the few playable non-black cards. And the black cards have all disappeared. All other three black cards have been taken. As per usual. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's usual, but it's also worth noting. I, I, this might this might have been a mistake. I'm not sure, but I wasn't. I I didn't really have any blue cards yet, so and that's what that's why I picked uh, Echoing Ruin just to have an uh, answer to uh, problematic stuff. Next pick, um, card that I don't even recognize. 
one in a black tile opponent reveals his or her hand uh, you choose a green or white creature card from it you gain life equal to that creature's toughness then that player discards that card or oh, that's it's a sorcery uh, talara's bane it's a very narrow sideboard card i guess yeah it's nothing amazing if you face yeah. elixir or something like that pick 11 a lot of green cards here um there's this this rare the worm worm weavers coil that i read out earlier there's a uh, gorkland savage a very solid creature if you are aggressive for three green green it's a two three with blood first three so if an opponent was dealt damage you pay five for a five six there's a scab clan mauler um one one trample for one uh, for red and green that first two and there's still this Lana's Ledge Walker. So if somebody would have picked up the one part of the combo, they would have filled the other part of the combo, funnily enough. That's what I was also was thinking. But yeah, you take the, take the rare. Um, it's just high upside. I'm not really looking to play it, but yeah. it gets there, it gets there. And you pick up uh, a Hill Giant in red, and that's it for the pack, more or less. Then you get a Kamigawa pack with two very nice cards, actually, I think. Oh, yeah. You have... Being this back, actually, you have a rare of uh, Nizumi Shortfang, one in a black or one one. For one in a black, you can tap it to make target opponent discard a card. You can do this at instant speed, which is very relevant. Then, if that player has no cards in hand, you flip Nizumi Shortfang. Then it's a 3 3 legendary creature before it's not legendary for whatever reason. And uh, at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player loses one life. For each card fewer than three that they have in their hand uh yeah so you get a wreck a, a red wreck as a three three it's really nice that you can always flip it if you uh activate it in the draw step uh catching that one card there it's a pretty good card even if it wouldn't flip it would still be decent i think this card's super annoying. if you don't get rid of this card it can easily be three or four five for one and that clearly leads to uh losing game yeah but uh yeah this has to compete with the home then yeah this home favorite cards ever in limited yeah i used to play uh i used to play uh, uh peasant with my buddies yeah and uh yeah, this was the only home we had in our queue for quite a while and it's been so dominant it usually when you land this and you survive two turns after to win the game this card's so good would you, you i would splash this in grill i would ruin my mana base for this this card is absurdly good it is very good so it's a five mana one of this is blue for a legendary enchantment shrine and at the beginning of your up you draw a card for each shrine you control you really don't need more than one it's just a great effect personal howling mine fantastic not much else in the pack i think some borderline playables just like kamigawa always but yeah we're looking to be a little bit more dirty than that other thing uh, just about the way howling mine effect uh earlier when jasper and i were drafting the green white aggro deck uh, one of the cards we picked up was triumph of ferocity and multiple times jasper referred to that as the best card in the deck and i wasn't exactly about to um, argue drew so many cards so reliably actually because i think our deck had a really streamlined plan but also just that's kind of what the card does um and the decks we were playing against not trying to maximize power so card is two and a green for an enchantment that says at the beginning of your upkeep if you control a creature with the greatest power or tied for that you draw a card so very cheap effect a little more conditional but still extremely strong and passed a tamio uh, because we were already committed to green white and we later remarked that ferocity might be a better card than the tamio and i could see it frank yeah it definitely showed it was basically correction arena yeah i think we uh, since we had it we might have not drawn with it twice and maybe drew with it 10 times or something it was really crazy okay next pack is a little bit uh, disappointing for you let's let's sum up again what what are we at we are green uh and can splash like 
for basically everything. You really want to splash blue, probably want to splash black for the removal, maybe not for the removal and for the for this gorilla. But what what's your overview of the deck right now? Um, I'm looking to be grill, which splashing blue and splashing black. Yeah, uh, grill because we have uh, lava serpent, we have guild mage, we have gifts paradise, so we want to be base green. Yeah, and then you just tie the rest around uh, being uh, grill. So we're probably playing. Blue and then splashing for two for ones and removal. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the game plan right now. Okay, next pack. The best card I think is a four and white, white, four, four flyer, Angel of God Pharaoh. It's a cycling for two generic mana, but uh, a bit out of the reach for us. Um, there's some good cards in red and green, or two cards, one in each color actually. It's the Kenra Scrapper for two in red for two, three menace. You may exert it as it attacks, do it gets zero until end of turn. Exert means won't untap during your next untap step. And there's Rona Stalwart, two, two with exert. And if you exert it, it gets plus one, plus one, and can't be blocked by power two or less the turn. Yeah, it's kind of sad because these creatures are both quite great if you're aggressive but if you're trying to dirtle the power level of cards drop immense yeah that's like they're very strong but in your deck they're just pretty pretty good next you pick up eternity snare enchanted creature uh, for 500 blue enchanted creature doesn't untap during controller's untap step you draw a card so slow two for one kind of what you were asking for dirtily two for ones card advantage there's another good white flyer here in Omnitag, it's a uh, three white white for a three three flyer tribute two. It comes to play with two plus one plus one counters unless opponent gives you two one one flyers. That card is really sick. Yeah, it's a bit sad passing two great white flyers, but whatever. But I'm not I'm not unhappy with uh, what we what we what we have going. Pick four. Um, I think that might be one of the close picks now. You have a Goblin Heal Cutter for it's a fantastic card for three in the red. It's a three two, and then when it attacks, target creature can't block this turn, and you can dash it. So for two in the red, you put it into play and return it to your hand at end of turn. It gains haste. Um, it's a super super good card if you are aggressive, but maybe you are not. And then next to it is Map the Waste for two in the green. You search a library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then you put a plus one plus one counter on the creature with the least toughness among creatures you control. You could have performed terribly well i can see that <laughs> you took it here it's a super big card but it just it needs you to be aggressive right yeah you want to top your curve with it and yeah. we're kind of starting our curve with it here <laughs> i have a rule that when you're very uh doubting in what you want to take you should usually take the creature yeah so that's what i did here and it ended up not betting out. Then you get an Is it Guildgate in the pack after. There's a Crushing Canopy in here also as an interesting card, I think. Yeah, um, like main deck in the game. Yeah, but Guildgate is what you need. Fixing is great. Even though Sea Germ is a good card, but we don't really, we can't really convoke it. And I'm very stoked about seeing more fixing. Yeah, seven mana for a five-five convoke, so you can tap creatures to help cast the spell. Trample. Um, oof, next pack's a bit sad. It's uh, Throne of Eldraine. It's a good, good set, but there's not much for you here. No, and I die a little inside when I see another great white card. We didn't see any white in the in the first pack. The guy did. Yeah, it, it was cut. So there's a, a memory theft that you take, mostly sideboard card, I think. Sorcery for two in a black, target opponent reveals their hand. Uh, you choose a non-land card from it that player discards the card. Um, yeah, it's a fine effect. I kind of like these cards. Yeah. Not always want to main deck it, because sometimes you're just playing a spells and you don't want to out-tempo yourself by not playing something on the board. Yeah. Sometimes face decks that uh, just rely on winning with one or two bombs, and then these cards are sick. Next pack, another Kamigawa pack. Um, you get a... Funny card here. 
Uh, I'm interested to hear what uh, what you think about the card you picked here. It's Harbinger of Spring. It's uh, four colorless and a green for a 2-1. Protection from non-spirits, Soul Shift 4. Soul Shift, not so relevant, but what do you think about uh, five mana, 2-1 protection from creatures? I actually like this card quite a bit, just uh, to be a roadblock. It is interesting. It's expensive, but it has a decent effect on the... That's a good impact, but it's probably... Honestly, it's, I don't think it's that great of a card. Some in some matchups, it's probably good because uh, they can't answer it and then they can't ever attack. But there's so much pinging effects and there's so much. Exactly. Well, pinging creatures don't do the trick here, at least. Yeah, but uh, things like uh, dual shot. Yeah. <laughs> Forget. Imagine getting five from. What if you don't even need it to be a two for one? It's already terrible for you. <laughs> then you already get blown out, you know. Yeah. Well, I do think, I do think this card's fine. And but it's probably matchup dependent. Okay, then there's in the next pack also again not great. Pay recluse, you take it's sadly a white card. It uh, has forest cycling and plane cycling. It's a four green white four five reach. Yeah, I guess you're dipping your toes into white now, maybe. Not necessarily. I'm not looking at this unless we uh, open like Trosani Summoner. The next pick you take a combat trick for green plus two plus two on land of turn instant Kodama's might. A little bit more text that's not relevant. Then Pick 10. You do wheel the Rona Stalwart, the one in the green 2-2 that you can exert to give it plus one plus one and can't be blocked by the power two or less creatures this turn. Are you are you thinking about throwing the sweet multicolor splash thing overboard and really going aggressive green red here? No, not at all. Just because we have all the fixing. Yeah, yeah. And we're already kind of uh, building that uh, with the mind. Yeah. So I, I think it's kind of late to, to switch gears. Okay. It's... um. Still a good pickup. Then you take a nice sideboard card, Scouring Stand. Uh, it deals one damage to each creature your opponent controls. Cry one for one in red. Then you create uh, another playable in green. So you're getting some playables here. It's nice. For uh, three and a green, Formless Nurturing. Manifest the top card of your library, then plus one counter on it. Two, two with a plus one, plus one counter. Then you can turn over if you pay the cost if it's a creature. Uh, another nice sideboard card to pick up here, Cosmotronic Wave. For three in a red, one damage to each creature defend... Uh, your opponent's control and creatures your opponent's control can't block this turn. You're not taking the falter, but... Would love maniacing that one if we were a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, if we were more aggressive, then for sure. There's another nice aggressive card, Might of the Masses. Dark creature plus, gets plus one, plus one, and land of turn for each creature you control. So Gruel Aggro would have would have been in the cards as well, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Then nothing else from the pack. And pack three, pick one, Grizzly Fade. Wow, what a card. Oh, yeah. That's a very good reason, green. And yeah, it's um, for three green green sorcery, you get two green green bear creature tokens. If you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you get four two two green bear creature tokens instead. And it has flashback for five green. Fantastic card. You don't even need the uh, the threshold to make it good, but if you have the threshold, then it's unbeatable. So easy to make. Uh, so it's so easy to make a four for one just out of one card, and it's almost impossible to attack through those pairs. Um, yeah, this deck uh, was kind of a little bit of late game deck. So uh, this deck actually got to threshold quite often. Yeah, stall out, trade a bit, play the Holden, play a long grindy game, survive, play Grizzly Fate, they're dead. And Grizzly Fate is a good reason to trade aggressively. Um, next pick, interesting. You have uh, the option between Riddle of Lightning, three red red, choose target creature or player, so you have to choose first. Then you scry three, then you reveal the top card of your library, and it deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to that creature or player, or any target nowadays. It's a very good card, because you both have removal and both get uh, 
deck manipulation. Yeah. And you want to try to sky the most expensive card uh, to top. And yeah. it's most often your best card. So I think that card's great. Yeah, but you opt to take the card that keeps you alive early here. Flowstone Embrace for one on the red enchanted creature. Um, and you can tap the enchantment. Give the enchanted creature plus two minus zero. So it's just a weird removal spell. Yeah, <laughs> some people can don't don't know what this card does and can't evaluate because they think the creature kills itself. So you sometimes end up seeing this card late. Yeah, card's actually very good. It's it's like uh, two minus that weight. Yeah, yeah. So the next pick is also super good. Um, you have uh, Vivian Stinger two in a red for an O one tap to deal one damage to target creature or player, and for one in a red you can unearth it so you return it. From your graveyard to the battlefield gains haste and then you exile it at the end of turn or when it leaves the battlefield and you have branching bolt one red green choose one or both three damage to target creature with flying or three damage to target creature without flying have you have you ever gotten uh have you ever gotten two for one with branching bolt before oh yeah it feels so bad boy <laughs> boy it doesn't feel bad <laughs> but william's thing is a very strong card as well yeah was it close for you here it was pretty close yeah I think I might have been tempted to be greedy and take the stinger and hope to wield the branching ball. Is that completely crazy? Yeah, I don't think you can ever expect branching ball to wield. But I could see, I could see you defending uh, the stinger. Okay, then you get a cold snap pack with uh, surgeon claimant. One in the red, one uh, two damage to target creature player and some irrelevant text at instant speed. Um, okay, then you get five species gorger six six for three green blue frog beast. At the beginning of your upkeep, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. So that's both absurd stops, and you can win the late, late game if you have something with ETB effect. Do you have something uh, as of now? Freaking bombs card. Yeah, I just have desecrate hack. Oh yeah, but that's a great hack. That's I forgot about that card. It was our second yeah. pick? Yeah, yeah, that's very nice. Pick six, you get a Grand Warlord Radar. It's a two red green three four haste. Whenever one or more creatures you control attack at that much mana, combination of red and or green. Kind of stoked uh, to get uh, Radar this late, but in this deck it was not that great. Honestly, it's better when you profound it a little bit, so you can use the mana a bit. In this deck it was just yeah. Decent size, decent size body. It was not a bomb or anything. Any means. The next pack you take a natural end, a naturalize for three and a green, uh, for two and a green for three mana instant, destroy target artifact or a chant when you gain three life. Uh, over a pathbreaker worm, fatty, four green, green, six four, soul bond. And as long as it's soul bonded, both soul bonded creatures have trampled. It's a fine card, but that's nothing special. We're missing some this jump effects. So I'm stoked to. To grab it here. Um, then you take a Thrive over a Simic Requiem. I'm not sure about the number of payables you have at that point. Yeah, we're doing we're doing very decent. Yeah. So, how what what is your your uh, number grade on this on this pack on this deck pack? Um, I think this deck's clearly worse than the one we previously drafted. Not because we have uh, more colors, but also this deck is kind of all over the place. It's definitely powerful. Yeah, and we do have the blue Honden, so we do have a really insane card. But since I'm not really in love with the creatures, I think I might give it like a six point five or something. Yeah, I I wonder if I would have ended up in the same spot if, or if I would have jumped trip at some point and went into uh, Gruel Beats. You think you would have been not the colored also, or yeah, you probably would have started with Whisper So Cloak. Anyways, Whisper So Cloak into Bliss maybe. Um, yeah, I think I would have started like that, but. I don't know if if I evaluate the the draft starting with the 
a gruel guild mage i think i would have leaned a little bit more aggressive and yeah. um i don't know how you build it in the end but i wouldn't have played any black cards i wouldn't have played the savage gorilla or the the dimmer guild gate and um then in the the, the, the pick where you pick the Wormweaver coil, I think I would have taken the Gorkland Savage um, and just leaned a little bit more aggressive. And if I would have picked those two blue-red duels, then I might have just splashed for the Haunting of Seeing Winds. But apart from that, just play creatures, tricks, and try to be down. Yeah, and I think the deck would have been, end up much better. It, it played out a lot better than I originally thought of because I thought my deck in the finals was dominating, uh, dominating the opponent. But I couldn't win uh, the third game because I didn't draw green. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. And that guy uh, was basically playing an evasive uh, white black white black deck. But like once you get once you remove one of his early threats and then player two for ones and it's easy to overwhelm them. Okay. But yeah, this deck was uh, was quite nice. And ended up playing much better than I originally expected. Yeah, but both interesting uh, drafts, I think. And I think from this this last pack um, or la from the last draft, I think you can learn that it's it's uh, sometimes important to try to keep an open mind. Like I'm scrolling a little bit back over it. There was like in in pack two, pick six, there was an interesting pick. There was still a insatiable appetite where you took the the morgue theft, like this discard spell. That's not so great. That would have made an aggressive deck in the end, I think. So yeah. yeah. But you, I mean, you started the draft with the mindset that you want to do something sweet, a bit more controlling, and I can. Uh, if you like that, then you do that. I was also, I was more after I opened the pack, and I was like, I don't really want to start with an equipment again, and yeah, want to keep myself open to do something like more unique, you know? Yeah, very nice. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're already a little bit late um, into the recording, I think. So um, I think we'll leave it at chaos draft this time. Um, I'm sure we'll hear from Jasper again. It's also. Uh, a cube designer and uh, we've we've chatted a lot about our different ideas about cubes so this will be coming up another time um for now you will see us in the in the queues and if you want to discuss chaos draft your picks your decks just come to our discord there are many people that love talking about this and also come there if you are designing your own cubes even though we didn't talk about cube much this episode uh most of the time this is the focus since chaos draft sadly is not always available and yeah people are designing their own cubes in our discord talking about it getting help from other people or opinions and then we draft with our cubes together on Magic Online and websites for the... Don't, don't, you don't have to spend any money. Yeah. You can just join and people are quite nice and, and your schedule, you know? I've been in this Discord for maybe a month now and I've been loving it and I'm using it every day, learning new people and just having an awesome time. So thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for uh, sticking by, Finet. I know it's very late for you. Yeah, I'm technically here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you guys, uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, been a blast to be part of the group, and yeah, it's. Been... I'm hoping forward to draft together sometimes. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, and uh, see you everybody around on our respective YouTube channels, uh, or Finite's YouTube channel, and uh, maybe my Twitch channel, and uh, in our Discord. Yes, please join. Bye, bye, everybody. See ya. Thanks for listening.